And we love each other so much that last Thanksgiving, we did it. <laughs> and it was, it was so beautiful. Here's our song. <laughs> 76 trombones led the big to the Cinema 9 podcast. I am your host or one of your hosts, Travis Roy. I'm here with our regular co-host, Eric Brandstrom. Uh, Mike Govier, our normal guy that, you know, he'll be kicking things off and leading things off here. He's, he had something coming up, come up uh, in his life last minute. So we, we sent him our best. He couldn't make it. That of course means that he watched the other sister just for fun. Um, who we have instead that's a sentence that no one's ever said (laughs) maybe since that movie came out (laughs) it's a first here at cinema nine and the voice you're hearing there is aj cosimo comedian from the bill squire show and from his own life aj thank you for coming on and for choosing the other sister thank you for having me it's it's funny because we're going to talk about the other sister which has an alternate title. I don't know if you guys know. Okay. This. No, it's, I don't. It's called the best movie of 1999. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a big year too. Okay. Yeah, it was, was a big year, year. for film. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see if it holds up. But the you know what we always do on this show is we typically typically take a movie that we remember as being pretty good and uh, see does it still hold up. You know and. Um, Things were done a little bit differently today, thanks to our guest host, uh, AJ. So, curveball. Yeah, we're throwing curveballs today. Uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. I actually did a podcast four days ago 
Um, something similar. It's called Sci-Fi Rewind. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Um, there's my cat showing me her asshole. Sure. Um, and I picked being John Malkovich for that one, which was also a, a, a movie from 1999. Very different movie. Very different movie. (laughs) Very different movie. A lot uh, less of Juliette Lewis stumbling over lines deliberately. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's gotta be easier to do a movie like if, if you're if you fuck up and stumble and shit it doesn't really matter like that right and it's just like no that's a good take <laughs> <laughs> and we're using it damn what's diane keaton's explanation then <laughs> oh, by the way by- yeah <laughs> you know i was watching i was about halfway into the other sister the other night, uh, we were watching for this podcast before I realized I was actually watching Something's Gotta Give. Okay. And I thought uh, Keanu Reeves was Juliette Lewis the whole time. That's funny because yeah. I was watching And So It Goes, and I thought it was the other sister. So Yeah, that's are. crazy, dude. <laughs> but we'll get into the other sister more deeply here in a little bit. As yeah. always, we'll kick things off with our quarantine viewing picks which is uh where we talk about what we've been watching uh you know what guys right before this the podcast started i just got in from watching the newest addition to the mcu i watched dr strange in the multi in the multiverse of madness okay you know i'll be honest with you i mean i had some trepidation going in on this movie because I think as much as I liked Sam Raimi as a kid, and I've said this on the show before that I liked him as a kid, but man, I've really, I've, I've just come to just be like, dude, like expand your toolbox. You're doing the, you're doing the exact same shit for 40 years. And the best stuff that Raimi does in recent years, I think is stuff that is unfamiliar to him, not, like not horror type stuff. And so there's a lot of stuff in this movie that just, I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I remember Evil Dead. I remember Army of Darkness. I remember Drag Me to Hell. Like, there's just moment after moment where I'm like, yeah, okay, doing the same shtick that the you've been doing for over and over 40 and over fucking again. years. So I was a little irritated. And also yeah. I was irritated that, like, you know, I avoided ever. I mean, I, I blocked the words Doctor Strange, Multiverse, and Madness on my Twitter feed. <laughs> I didn't watch a single preview I didn't know, I shouldn't have known anything about this, but because of just like headlines from scrolling past shit, I knew literally every single actor, like big, you know, surprise reveal. And there wasn't a single one until the very last person in the film. Wow. And, I was, and I knew it all. I was like, this is, this is madness. So um, yeah. I wasn't it's, happy with it's that. It's a the multiverse movie. of madness. <laughs> it's a multimedia event. No, dude, I, is- I actually seek out spoilers. See, I'm, I'm like the dead I seek opposite. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Good, dude. The, you, this is your time. This is your golden time. Yeah, dude. I'm not. I'm not staying off the internet. Like, I'm just not gonna do it. And I know that's gonna like Endgame. I knew everything there was to know going into Endgame. There was not one thing I didn't know going into Endgame. Eric, you've always been like that too. Like reading scripts. A I'll solid fucking read the script like three years before it comes out. It doesn't bother me. I, 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 I might be like you, AJ, in that like I. I can just like have it completely spoiled and enjoy the time leading up to it and still have fun in the theater. Yeah. Makes no difference. How many times have you seen a movie before? Like what's the what's <laughs> the movie what's the movie you've watched more than any other movie? The other sister. <laughs> right. The other sister. <laughs> the other sister, dude. <laughs> I get it, but I like I, that first time is always the most important time. You know, you never get that 
that no, moment dude, again. I disagree. I think you know the most <laughs> important time the is is you give it some breathing room, and then maybe five, ten years later you revisit it. That's the most important time because you you will you can either realize like that's not as good as I remember it, or that's much better than I thought it was. So you start a podcast and you with your buddies and you discuss it. So right here, does does it hold up? Is it does it still matter? <laughs> I, I did overall like you know it's Doctor Strange. I wish Scott Derrickson had come back to direct it. What can I yeah. say? Um, yeah. He actually liked one of my tweets. Derrickson did? That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I made a joke. I was like, this is the most intense scene in the history of the MCU. <laughs> and it's like, it's a scene where um, Stephen Strange is like putting the mask on his face. And then he's gloving up. And oh, he's like in surgery. And then he talking he, about like, when he live streamed during, he, he, he talking about when he live streamed like a, a live viewing, like during COVID, like when that first started. No, like, no, no, no. These oh, were just okay. like four pictures. This was like a slideshow <laughs> oh. I put together. Okay. Like, this is the most intense scene in the history of the MCU, and it's Stephen Strange putting the mask on. He's gloving up, and then he like goes in, and then he, at the last frame, he's just playing Operation, <laughs> the game Operation. Not sure. Yeah. Femur was a tough one. I'll never forget it, dude. Forget. I know. I watched Detroit from 2017. Catherine okay. Bigelow. You know, I, I wish Mike was here to discuss that one. I know it's a film that he would have watched. Uh, you know, he's all about Detroit history and stuff. But it was pretty accurate for what I understand, and uh, it highlighted a part of the of the riots of 1969. I th- want to say or what was it 67 um, that I you know even as a Detroiter I had never heard of, which is uh, astounding. But so Detroit definitely worth checking out. Um, Another one I wish Mike was here for because he's the world's biggest um, Albert Brooks fan. And I watched Mother. This is like the fourth movie I've watched that's just called Mother. There's like a <laughs> bunch of them. <laughs> but have you guys seen this movie, Mother, with uh, with Debbie Reynolds and Albert Brooks? No, it's like this straightforward no. kind of comedy, whatever. But then it's just like peppered in a bunch of jokes about that Albert Brooks makes about fucking his mother. It's really, <laughs> really weird. Really Does uh, Debbie Reynolds get eaten by Satanists? <laughs> She's supposed to. <laughs> well, that, mother? I, didn't know, I didn't know that that oh. was a Debbie Reynolds trope. <laughs> oh, you're, you're talking about Mother. The uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, at this point, I think of like the Korean movie Mother, which is probably a good thing. I'd like to delete the uh, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence version from my memory. You know, this yeah. movie came oh, out. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. horrific. Oh, we, I had it erased from my memory. <laughs> so sorry to have unearthed that garbage for you. Oh my god, I'm coming up to I'm coming up to you're in Detroit, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go up there, we're gonna fight you in the middle of the street. I, I'm so sorry. I I won't even fight back. I'll just take it. I'm, I'm gonna meet you in Royal Oaks. <laughs> Um, you know, there's this movie, this documentary that came out in 2020 that I've been wanting to see called Feels Good Man. It's all about Matt Fury, the creator <laughs> yeah. of Pepe the Frog. Have you seen this? Yeah. It was great. Did you, did you, so you watched it? I really liked it, yeah, man. Yeah, I felt for the guy, dude. It completely yeah. just destroyed his uh, meal ticket. <laughs> well, even more than that, it was like the thing that he had doodled like in his folders as a high schooler and shit. It was like this character that he just been using in his life for decades and mm. gets turned into like the the new version of the swastika <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it's insane but you know it's it's a fascinating watch on like how memes work and like yeah. the the like you thought bill waterston had it bad like the whole connection between like art and copyright infringement and all that stuff like there is so much going on in that movie and then there's like 
uh, a cultist that's interviewed kind of inexplicably. I don't know what's up with that. Some magician just pops in there. (laughs) (laughs) Feels good, man. Other than the magician was definitely good. Worth checking out. Um, Lords of Chaos. We did, we did the movie um the place between the pines a while back and you know what a huge cast what that movie has movie yeah, and a great movie yeah. yeah and we that's but, a great movie dude. it really is and but watching it uh, for the show we all end up i, I think it was the time you were absent eric yeah. but the rest of us were discussing emery cohen who like played brad cooper bradley cooper's mm-hmm. kid and like we were like you know this huge cast of this movie but i really felt like this cohen kid kept on stealing every role so i've been meaning to watch this movie lords of chaos for a while mm. It was pretty fascinating, dude. It's about the the black. Now I don't listen to Norwegian black metal at all, but really? uh, it's all about the the band Mayhem and uh, the story of like their early years. Which you know, back when I played in punk bands and stuff in in the '90s and early 2000s, I used to hear like urban myths about these guys, like urban legends about like, did you hear they eat like pieces of each other's <laughs> skull and you know, all kinds of fucked up shit. So it was pretty cool didn't, seeing um, that on drummer, film. Didn't the drummer go to prison? The Yeah, the bass player, he, yeah, he killed one of them. Oh, yeah, shit. There's a murder within the band and another guy killed himself in a separate incident and there were some other goings-ons uh as well like it's just like it was ma- i mean literally i found this biopic okay. in the horror section <laughs> <laughs> let's start a band <laughs> does it have to be yeah. norwegian death metal or yeah. black, excuse me norwegian black metal i'm so know. in let's start a mayhem <laughs> cover band we'll call it cha- we'll call it chaos that's 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 clever we'll do that <laughs> what else did i watch um i i finally checked out dexter new blood I am very much in the <laughs> see you're laughing like yeah. I'm very much I love Dexter the whole show I'm I liked the the season finale, the series finale until they added this extra version on I wasn't in love with New Blood but I liked it okay uh, yeah and you know I I know it's like Eric's looking around like I'm a crazy person I liked the end of The Sopranos I liked the end of of uh, Game of Thrones even not the entire Whoa, eight, you like the entire the eight season I liked who ended up as king. I like that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You like the end Spoiler of Sopranos? Right. Oh, yeah. Even when, You're when it happened. You're out of mind. When it happened, I liked, I was like, perfect. I mean, how else do you end it? How when else it do you happened, end it? When it okay. happened, I I legitimately, when that happened, I what, I hope James Gandolfini dies of a heart attack. <laughs> so awful. Was, he, that, that wasn't his call. <laughs> no, I know. I, I'm just kidding. I, I know. I cursed him, you I asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think that when it comes to film, like watching film or TV, I tend to be pretty passive. I don't really try to like expect too much or like predict or, you know, like get angry. Like I just kind of like let it wash over me most of the time. So I, I well, was pretty OK with how that. Do you, how do you feel about the whole um, what do they call it? It's not a reboot. It's a uh, there's this there's this R word for it. Uh-oh. We're already getting oh, to the R word. Oh, no, no, the R word. That R word is yeah, later, but uh, please no. I, I cannot think of <laughs> revival, revivals. How do you think about the whole reviving a series being like, hey, remember how it's supposed to be over? No, we're back. We're gonna try to fix it. Like uh has that ever I, I worked? Felt, I felt like I mean, did you watch it? No. Oh, well then you know given on what they actually did, I don't want to do too many spoilers, but there is a pretty major thing that made sense to wait about ten years to take okay. place. Okay. Um, it in terms of how the story worked, so they actually did a pretty good job with it. Now there was cool. things that I 
didn't agree with and wasn't crazy about, but it, it was worth seeing. And then other than that, I watched a bunch of crap, not really worth mentioning. <laughs> That's a really good question, though. Has the revival of a series ever worked? Well, dude, AJ, you think of, when they brought back the no. X-Files, at first I was like, oh, yeah, fucking let's bring it. We're doing Monster of the Week. We're back to the old school X-Files. Yeah, they completely just tossed away the entire mythology of the all like 13 seasons. Yeah. We're like, yeah, this didn't happen. I've got one. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Family Guy. When Family Guy came back after it made all those sales on DVD yeah. and they brought it back for like the third or fourth season, whatever, there yeah. was a few seasons there, at least in my early 20s that I, you know, I liked it then, but that's the only one I can think of because, I mean, Arrested Development, remember how disappointing that was? Yeah, that fourth season. And that's like my favorite show. And then they just Arrested somehow. Just... The first three seasons are like the greatest three season run in the history of television. I want to wow. see a, a gritty Happy Days reboot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Henry Winkler is ready for that. I've been watching Barry too. I'm ready that's... for it. No, so, dude. Yeah. I want like, I want like a, a heroin addled Fonzie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, I want like a, a like I want it to be like like uh, Rumblefish. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like sort of like a greaser, and Richie is kind of getting like tempted, and like Arthur Fonzarelli gets taken in by the Cuttinghams, but he keeps like relapsing. And yes. then he fucks Joni. Oh man, you're, you're, just like, you're 23 and you're fucking my 14 year old. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're just like the Fresh Prince, the Fresh Prince reboot. Yeah, yeah, do a Giovanni Urbisi to do a my, uh, my Two Dads yeah. reboot and have him yes. be one of the two dads. You know, I want Giovanni Urbisi to it. do um, uh, another sister reboot, dude. <laughs> let's get Giovanni Urbisi as uh, Potsy's son addicted to heroin. <laughs> And this Happy Days revival would be amazing, dude. Dude, if you were gonna recast Happy Days, yeah, bring it. Let's let's recast Happy Days. Let's do Donald Gleason as Richie Cunningham right dude, off the bat. Was, ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Or Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> either or, <laughs> they're interchangeable. Yeah, that would be a good one. I sure. want Jeff Garland to be Howard. Okay, Richie's okay. dad. We could do that. Um, yeah, who who plays uh, Steve on Stranger Things with Joe Joe Curie? I feel yeah, like yeah, he, yeah, he should probably like be the Fonz if we're going to play the, yeah, sure. the Fonz. He'd be a good Fonz. He'd be a good Fonz. James Mart. Well, James Martin's a little old. Yeah, he's a little long in the tooth. He could yeah, be the, old the dad. <laughs> you know, James Martin could theoretically play Richie's brother that just disappears. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll talk to my people about that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna okay. make it happen, yeah, Eric. What have you been happen. watching? Back to quarantine. Oh, dude, it. you're all you're all yeah, wrapped I'm, up. I'm, you watched a bunch of crap. Now I, watched, I mean, I watched Adam's Rib. That was pretty good. 1949. Yeah, I like Adam's. Oh, Rib. that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's probably be the last. I and mean, then I watched some stuff that's just not really worth mentioning. I caught up on my Charles Bronson and watched uh, Cold Sweat on Tubi. Um, okay. I never heard of it. It's like a like classic Bronson revenge picture. Like it's barely like uh like the the quality of the video is like. It's barely even like you can barely even see what's going on. It's it's not been remastered. I'd never heard of the film before. I gave it a shot. Uh, it was fucking awesome. Uh, I loved it. So if you're into Bronson and you haven't seen Cold Sweat, watch it because it's really fucking good. Uh, reminded me a lot of Death Proof and um, uh, what's that movie? Dirty Larry, Crazy Mary, that crazy ass road like uh, car picture in the '70s with Peter Fonda. It was fucking really cool thriller, man. Uh, and then I went back. I did a deep dive. I, I literally watched Alien and Predator, like, one after another on, like, nice. FX Plus or whatever. Like, because I was at my dad's house and, like, TV was on. We were fucking sitting around eating cake, watching TV. 
Sure. I haven't seen Alien in like 30 years. Um, I'm not even sure I've actually seen it in its entirety. Uh, I, I, I mean, what else can be said? This is like that one time I, I had to mention I'd never seen Die Hard like last year. I was blown away. I mean, what can I say? Die Hard? He never said until die like hard last, last year. Not until like last wow. year. You're saying you, yep. did, we just what did you think of it? What did you think Loved of it? it. Best thought. action movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's but, a great um, action movie. I don't think it's the best action movie. I think up until Mad Max Fury Road. I think that was the Yeah, that's what I they're saying, I think Mad Max man. Fury Road is the best action movie ever made. In terms of sci-fi thrillers, though, I mean, Alien, it was I, my jaw was on the floor. Like, it was, I, it was I, what, what can you say? It holds and up it incredibly really, well. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a... a a near but Aliens is good. Aliens. I always liked mm-hmm. Aliens more as a kid, so I, I I saw that one more. And so I hadn't watched Alien until like last year. I, I revisited for the first time in a long time. Really? And man, it really is just an incredibly good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's so 80s. Uh, Predator, <laughs> nothing else can be said. It's fucking fantastic. Perfect. Uh, I checked in with Indian in the Cupboard. <laughs> Frank Oz's like 1995 book, based, uh, movie based on the, the classic book. Yeah, awful, fucking awful. Is it bad? Like, so schmaltzy, sugary. Where, I don't know how Frank that? Oz directed this. I watched it on fucking Netflix. I'm like, I feel like a family film. And I turned it on. It was abominable, man. I don't have any clue how Frank Oz directed this. It's like. Directed by committee, classic, trying to ape <laughs> off the Spielberg magic trash. We got David oh. Keith, our old buddy. Not Keith David this time. This time it is David Keith. David Keith is uh, not our old buddy. He's just no. some guy. Keith, Keith, Keith David, David is our yeah. old buddy. Keith David is our old buddy. David <laughs> Keith, just the, the uh, what do you call it, palindromic version of him or whatever. But uh, terrible, terrible, not good at all. Such an endearing classic novel turned into this paint-by-number trash. Hated it. Um <laughs> he's got I've he's never got, seen he's got, uh, don't hold back yeah no, no, dude Indian in the cupboard not good um <laughs> okay i had never seen dangerous <laughs> dangerous minds so i was watching dangerous minds Oof. and this is uh you know what is this 95 like this was huge remember the coolio video yeah, this was yeah, huge yeah, yeah. i never saw well, it i finally for... checked it out uh i didn't yeah, I didn't even know this was based on a true story from Luann Johnson's memoir, My Posse Don't Do Homework. That's the name of the book. Did, uh, yeah. did Michelle Pfeiffer score an Oscar nomination for that? I don't remember. I know Coolio did. It sounds Golden Globey to me. I don't think there was an <laughs> okay. Oscar nom. And, yeah, if, I don't know when the last time you saw it is, but, like, it is a very, Not very odd movie. It's just very clumsily written like all of a sudden i know her she's like yeah i quit <laughs> at the end <laughs> after she's done all this good thing she's like yeah i quit and the kids are like trying to convince her she's like yeah yeah i'm, I'm kind of over this <laughs> very odd movie and very much one of those movies it's like one of those movies that was so big and then no one talks about again like ever yeah which that yeah. reminds me not to jump in on your on your uh please. moment but please do before dr strange there My was moment. a preview for the uh for the new avatar movie which sure. i know it's one of the, one of the best like one of the most profitable movies of all time. So I know I get why they're making a new one, but at this point, like who's asking for this? I'm watching these big no fucking idea. blue bozos goof around on screen. I's I'm laughing. I'm laughing at this preview. No, no one talks about a, a, a avatar. Anymore. What's that? It's, it's Ferngully. It's right. It's Ferngully. Yes. Ferngully. Ferngully meets. I have no clue. They're like, we're going to fuck with our hair. <laughs> Ferngully, but they're big and blue. Yes, and we tame beasts. Yep, we penetrate beasts and tame them with our hair. Very odd. Hair. What else did you watch? Okay, so get this. 
Uh, I'm scrolling through Amazon Prime, and I see this movie, uh, Molly, starring Elizabeth Shue. I hit play immediately, because I love Elizabeth Shue, and I'd never heard of this movie before from 1999. (laughs) It's literally, I shit you not, a movie about uh, a a mentally disabled woman who gets taken care of by her brother, played by Aaron Eckhart. Uh, (laughs) So it's like, uh, yeah, like, total coincidence. I hit play I, I can't tell you the exact time where I had to turn it off, but it had to have been about 18 to 20 minutes in. It was, oh, my God. It's everything you you um, fear from a movie about mentally disabled people, dude. It's like, I call it the Encino Man effect. We're like, and now I'm a huge Encino Man fan, but like, in Encino Man, you have a fish out of water, and it's funny every time, like, something happens that he's not used to. But when they do this with these movies about these mentally disabled, oh. everything's a fucking joke, and it's so cute, yeah. and it's just oh ah, it's like this to like the up to eleven. So and what we I, feared, it was so offensive. What we feared yeah. the other sister would be going, and we'll discuss whether or not it was. But that's certainly what yeah. I feared. Molly. With this movie Molly, it was it was just so cranked up. It was like <laughs> fucking Encino man, but with somebody who's mentally challenged. Horrible. Uh, but other than that, man, it's just been more of the fucking Johnny Depp defamation trial. Eight hours a day, every day. This is what you Are do you for eight hours every a day? Every day I watch every second of testimony. Are you wow, not at work dude. right now? I work, and then I go home and turn on the trial. <laughs> and you stay up for eight hours. Yeah, I put my you- baby to bed. I'm like, yeah, you're fine. You just had a bottle. Then I stay up for eight hours watching every second of testimony. Wow, dude. Can't yeah, get I nailed it. Last year, I couldn't put my last week. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I finally have. It's like a really good mini series. It's like a mini series that is very involving, but real, and it's just it's it's media and entertainment that I I'm not used to ever seeing. So going into okay, you started watching the trial. Yeah, what were your thoughts on that situation? I was I'm I'm neutral on it. This seems like a very childish thing where both parties have some responsibility here. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So I I didn't have a horse in the race. But now that you've been watching it eight hours a day, for, <laughs> yes. Do what's going on? Like, where do you stand on it? I'm still seeing. I I I'm I'm of the opinion that until I hear every uh, like every witness side. and everybody on on the stand i'm gonna just stay neutral and hear them out i think when you jump to an opinion too fast you're in danger of uh being biased even as a the huge johnny depp fan i am i want to stay neutral and hear everybody out because there's always two sides to every story but right. yeah amber heard's not putting on a very good defense that's all i'll say that's that's what i'm hearing no tears she spent eight hours on the stand with a sob story not one single tear not once did she pick up that kleenex well, if she can't, you know, sob in front of strangers on television, then clearly she must be. She can certainly <laughs> pretend to sob, but oh, this man. is like the like, disingenuous sobbing would somehow be better. Come on! <laughs> wow! If she's fake cry, get caught, get caught fake crying on your in your trial. That's not going to go over well. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. It's awful. Jeez. But yeah, man. So. AJ, why don't you, before you tell us what you've been watching, why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, your history with movies and, like, kind of what you grew up on so we can get a feel of, like, what type of of film you're into, man? Well, it's so weird, man. Like, you know, when I was a a kid, and I'm going to – I I brought it up a little earlier, but I'm Mm going to revisit that. 
So, you know, when I was a kid, I, it was the typical, like, you know, I was into, you know, Toy Story, Bugs Life, you know, those early Pixar. I'm 33 years old. So, you know, when I was a kid, the first movie I ever went and saw in a theater was Aladdin. And I remember that like blew my mind. I didn't even know, like before that, I didn't even know that you went and saw movies at a theater. I just thought you went to Blockbuster <laughs> and got movies and you watched them on TV. I didn't even know movie theaters existed. And it completely blew my mind. It, it, mm. it busted my head open. I, 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 had, I was like so in. And then, you know, obviously I was, um, I started getting into, you know, just uh, movies. I really liked, I liked the Santa Claus starring with uh, Tim Allen <laughs> yeah. a lot when I was a kid. I watched that movie all year round. I thought like <laughs> Santa Claus was so badass. He is. I thought like Santa Claus was a badass. Tim Allen made him a badass. <laughs> but, and then 1999 comes around. Mm. The other sister. No. No, no, this is where I said I brought it up. I saw Being John Malkovich for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It was like on Stars. I was at my grandmother's house and everybody was asleep. <laughs> and like in 1999, I'm 10 years old. So like mm. a 10 year old seeing that movie, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? It's and I'm go, like, doing that podcast the other day kind of re woke up a lot of things. That I think I understand the reason why I am the way I am. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman has had a profound influence on me and how I think. That's wonderful. Um, and my sense of humor is kind of the same. It's kind of very absurd. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of became a writer and a comedian. Um, and I think Charlie Kaufman was like a huge influence. I think I learned how to tell jokes from um, those uh in a Kaufman-esque style. When did you start doing, uh, getting into comedy? Um, I, okay. So <laughs> I went to a vocational school, um, when I was in high school and I wanted to do radio. Were there street toughs outside the vocational school that were <laughs> harassing you like in this movie? With a Swiss blade? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I carried, uh, pepper spray. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Check. To, to keep them from sexually assaulting sure. me. Uh, in front of uh, the school. Don't want them to coitus you. Don't want that. Yeah. No, yeah. No, See, hell no. Coitus me, dude. <laughs> um, so, and I wanted, because I wanted to be in radio. Right. Um, I saw private parts at some point. Okay, I, yeah, I, sure. That just seems like the most fun fucking job in the world. Yeah, so I wanted to go and I wanted to learn about radio. And then I kind mm -hmm. of fell in love with writing mm -hmm. there. And there was this kid there. His name was Neil and nobody liked him. <laughs> it was so unfunny. It was ridiculous. But we had a project where we had to edit a video that we took, and his video was of him doing stand up at like an amateur night at the improv. Oh, cool. And I'm just like, dude, like, you're, I can fucking, I'm much funnier <laughs> than you. So I did stand up like for the first time. And then I'm like, I got such a good reaction the first time I did it that I'm just like, oh, maybe I'm going to kid. And then I did it for a few years and I stopped. But then I was just like, you know, I, I, I'm not in love with performing it, but I'm in love with creating it. So I want to find a way I can do that. And film is such a collaborative mm -hmm. thing, but I'm just like, right. I can write, I can write humor pieces. I could write things for the New Yorker. I can mm -hmm. write, you know, 
humor essays and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that. My first writing job was I was covering the Cleveland Cavaliers and the mm -hmm. NBA for uh, Complex Magazine. Do you guys remember Complex? Mm -mm. Yeah, I was. I was. I Mike covered. Would. What? Uh, Mike probably would. Uh, oh yeah, uh, they're still around. Um, okay. Complex Media owns um, the first We Feast stuff, like Hot Ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That show, yeah. like they yeah. own like that yeah. stuff um, now. So you know, and then from there, and then I went back to stand up, and I'm kind of on and off of doing stand up. Um, but I, you know, I'm on. Uh, I co-host the. It's called the Bill Squire Show uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Bill Squire, who is the co-host of the Afternoon Drive Time Show mm -hmm. here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I'm on the radio, and I'm the co-host of his iHeart podcast. Cool, Great. that's awesome, man. Yeah, which and I just started. It's fun, man. It's Thanks, fun man. Thanks. Are you listening? Are you listening for my jokes or because Tommy is a stone cold fox? <laughs> oh, shit. I, I'm listening. I'm listening because you know because you you reached out to us. I'm like, well, I'll see what this yeah. guy's doing. And then I've been listening since then. It's uh, it's fun that's stuff. Thanks, it's funny. Man. Oh, and the other thing, I just started writing for Movie Web. Oh, that's great. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you know Movie Web. Yeah, yeah, I just I had an article go up um, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They gave me an assignment. I had to rank Kevin Costner's best performances. Ooh, oh, dude, <laughs> dude, that is very fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I'm not a big listicle guy. Yeah, but <laughs> I got excited because I wanted to see if the editor would allow me to consider the literal three seconds he spends as a corpse in the big chill. Right. Sure. Right. I actually read this of yours. It was great. Oh, thank you. And I, I essentially, I was just like, okay, yeah, I want to do that. Cause that's just funny to me. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but in order for me to do it, I had to make a compelling case. <laughs> and you actually did, man. I, I think I did. I, I thought you I did. did. <laughs> and, and I went to the editor and I was just like, you know, I'm shocked you let this fly. And he was just like, you, wrote it very eloquently and you made a really good case for it. So I worked so hard at the joke that I spent spun nonsense out of my asshole. I don't know how okay. nonsensical it was. I thought you no, I mean, were actually pretty sense. good. <laughs> but I had to make nonsense make sense. Right. To, to, to like, make the joke like, work. Yeah, I got you. I didn't even put the bodyguard on the list. Mm. Like the bodyguard wasn't even on the list. As long as Mr. Brooks was, I'm, I'm fine. Mr. With Brooks was not on the list either. Okay. Oh shit! What did I have? I had I had the Big Chill. I had Dances with Wolves. Of course. Untouchables. Mm. Uh, Field of Dreams. Bull Field Durham. Dreams. Which, yeah, Bull Durham's just one of the greatest comedies ever made. And I, I have one cool, more man. on there, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, uh, Perfect World. Yeah, yeah, it was Perfect World. Yeah, oh, it's such a good amazing, movie. amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, do, you, um, do you have any recommendations uh, for our listeners, film-wise, besides being John Malkovich and? Um, oh yeah, else? I mean, I rewatched. Speaking of Kaufman, to get ready uh, for that other show, I rewatched a bunch of. I rewatched Anomalisa. Oh, that's mm. so good, Anomalisa. Yeah, that is so impressive, and it's such an achievement. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I think that's the mo one of the more complex stop motion films ever made, if not the most. I think it's, it's so emotionally. Complex. Yeah, yeah, emotionally, and just what the, the the things they were able to capture emotionally in the faces of these characters, I think, were the most complex in the history of stop motion, mm. um, and of the form. 
Um, I saw the Alex Winter, you know, Alex yeah, Winter. The, yeah, yeah, Bill. I saw his Zappa documentary for the first time. The yeah, I've been wanting to watch that. How cool. is it? It's very good. I mean, if you're not, a, I, I recommend it more. I'm to not. Not, wait, what happened? I'm, I'm, I'm not really a fan. You're saying you're, it's, it's better if you're not a huge fan. I think it's better if you're not a fan because it's okay. more insightful. Because I knew everything. Because I'm a Zappa guy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Zappa. Here's the thing about Zappa that I think if if I could explain Zappa to people who don't who don't get Zappa who aren't a fan of Zappa, Zappa at his core was a comedian and he sure. was a satirist. And I think people approach Zappa as if like this is rock and roll, and he was more Stravinsky meets Steve Martin. <laughs> he was a comedian that was satirizing the music of its time. And jokingly and ironically making musical masterpieces on the level of Stravinsky or, or Bach and with distortion pedals and <laughs> dick and fart jokes. Right. <laughs> like he was Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Before Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. That's and doing a, and doing like really great. Right. But like making right. just musical just yeah. prodigious sounds. Um, okay. I watched that. I'm interested. Yeah, it's really good. Um, what else did I see? I saw Gone Girl for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what'd you think? I'll never watch that fucking movie ever. Nope. That's, <laughs> That's a, a one, one and done. done. That's <laughs> a one and done, dude. That movie made me so fucking uncomfortable. Dang. That yeah. I'm just like, don't. like Not like I ever thought about doing it in the first place, but don't neglect people you a woman you love dude not saying like she'll go that far but that was scary shit dude like that freaked me out more than fatal attraction did because mm. <laughs> like fatal attraction didn't scare me right it's popcorn like about, what it's like popcorn trash fatal attraction. right like I, like 30 minutes into fatal attraction i was like i would have beaten the fuck out of glenn close <laughs> like she has no chance i would have punched that bitch in the fucking head okay like, right. I, like, try, here, you said you were going to try and get canceled. I, I think we're starting now. No, but I think, like, <laughs> Close deserved every fucking thing. I mean, Michael oh, Douglas wow. was... What, what so she boiled that rabbit. Who I, I, I've never seen the movie, but that's why. Oh. I, I, like, I'm like, yeah. well, I, I don't want to watch a movie where I know a rabbit's going to get boiled in it. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Glenn Close... I know it's fake, but I'm still I'm good. If there's any <laughs> antagonist that deserved to get completely fucking creamed in a movie, it was Glenn Close in it. <laughs> she took like don't get me wrong like michael douglas wasn't a saint he was kind of a piece of shit but he didn't yeah, deserve all that he was cheating on his wife right right um, but like but yeah he doesn't deserve all that i think i haven't seen it again i'm speculating here no he didn't deserve <laughs> all that and neither did ben affleck even though he was a total piece of shit like he was an <laughs> asshole too but yeah i'm never i'm not watching that movie again that <laughs> well speaking of movies that we at least thought we'd never watch again. Let's let's segue into the other sister. Happy Halloween, Dad! Look what Winnie made me. My pumpkin's a duck. No, I'm a swan. Oh yeah, a swan, of course. You... <sighs> I feel so delicate. Oh, honey, well, you have always been delicate to me. You are always beautiful. What is it? What? Oh! Oh! Careful. Oh, 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 look at you! 
Oh, you're beautiful. Now, Carla, let me just take that off, because I don't think that's going to fit in the back seat of the car. And rather, you better get going, otherwise you're going to be late. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, just one minute. My uh, boyfriend is coming, and he's going to go boyfriend. with us. Don't make that face, Mommy. He's very nice. He has two jobs, What kind Mom. of jobs does he have, Carla? Well, he, wor one, he works at the bakery. The bakery. And then um, the other one is he's a music, works in the music department at the university. This movie came out in 1999. Gary Marshall, Happy Days. Gary Marshall, Happy Days, League of Their Own. Wasn't that him? Or was that Penny Marshall? Yeah, Penny Marshall. No, no, that was Penny Marshall. Was Penny Pretty Marshall, Woman. Uh, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Right, Dear right. God. <laughs> Dear God. Okay. Dear God. Um, well, what do you think, guys? Uh, we always guess what we think the IMDb score is before we get started. What do you think? What's the What's the IMDb score for The Other Sister? Any guesses? Oh, uh, you guys go first. I'm going to guess. You already looked? No, I didn't already look. Okay. No. I'm, I'm going to guess low. I'm going to guess <laughs> real low. Okay. But I'm not going to guess like a talking cat low. I'm Or, or like the room. <laughs> or, you know, the room probably has pretty good. I won't guess Morbius low. Uh, okay. I'll say 5.4. Yeah. Um, I think there's some. I think there's some fans here. I'm going to say 6.4. I'm gonna say six point three. Oh, that's up there. I'm 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 gonna agree. I think it's like around six because I think initially, I, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna save that for more into the discussion because I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess six. All okay. right. Survey says six point four. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Okay. <laughs> Did you look, Eric? <laughs> no, I did not look. I that's did not. Great. Wow, six point four. Wow. You know what? I think that's fair because have you guys seen this movie before? Yeah, I yeah. saw it in like '99. Because I mean, Giovanni Ribisi, I was a big fan of his. Yeah, and I was watching anything he put out yeah, around that Julia time. Lewis. So I, I definitely was on this. I and haven't I, seen this movie in like 15 years. <laughs> I, I, I had seen it the one time and I had not seen it since. Um, can I say something? I'm just you can say, say all kinds of stuff. It's a podcast. I watched it for the first time last night. Oh, that was the first time? Did you? No, in like 15 years. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the first time since 99 or 2000 for me too, dude. So, I mean, I th that, is that true for you too, Eric? Well, let's put it this way. This is the first time I've seen all of it because I believe I turned it off in 99. <laughs> All right. Um, what about reviews? Uh, usually we read some <laughs> reviews. Um, I don't know yeah, how I've to use one. the internet, though. So, um, uh, Ross Anthony of the Hollywood Report Card says, impresses with its hearty ability to tickle and tear its audience. He gives it a fresh tomato. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lisa Schwartzbaum, you got to excuse me here. Lisa, Lisa Schwartzbaum... Um, you know, no, I don't fair know warning, fair warning, because a lot of these reviews I read, this is 1999 and they are tossing the R word around. Listen to this re fucking review from a professional film critic from the entertainment weekly. Well, here, here, I, and let me, let me add a disclaimer here. Let me, I, please for 13 years, I worked in a group home. Okay. Oh, okay. Intellectual disability. Okay. The R word while it always that so there are people that I worked with who mm -hmm. were of a certain age 
who grew up in a time where they didn't have um, diagnoses like autism. They didn't have Down syndrome. You right. were diagnosed as prof- with profound mental retardation. Right. It was a medical term. At one point, moron was a medical term. I mean, it right. was right. idiot. Um, you know, so, so there were a lot mongoloid. You right. know, was thrown right. around mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And so there, there was a time where the word retard was mm-hmm. not what it is now. It evolved to a derogatory term. Oh, sure. So absolutely. In yeah. 1999, while that might have been a little late, because that, even that was a transition in, period, I would, I would say. There was kind mm-hmm. of a transition period there, because even in that movie, which I'm going to get to how I view it, because like I said, it was the first time in 15 years I've watched it since yesterday. <laughs> they even knew in the movie that when they said it, when they mm. said the R word in the movie, it was meant in a derogatory way. Right. Which is good. Yeah. They're not, I mean, which you is know, good. If they're going to use it. There, there were things that, well, I'll get to that in a minute after we go to this review. I yeah. just want to add this disclaimer. Okay. So when we like, when you quote that person, I think that might've been a little late, but it might've been a transition period into when we stopped sort of using that. And then it became, mentally challenged than intellectually disabled right. and that's kind of where they are now it's like good point and you be the judge yeah you'd be the judge because lisa schwarzbaum says there's a word for this vulgar family therapy movie retarded oh yeah see that's that's disgusting yeah I mean, that's can't do for, that yeah for 99 she was using that word as like yeah. an insult yeah, she was. Yeah, no, no, you can't do that. You, there's another way you could say what, what this movie was, especially because we can. We'll, we'll finish the review and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll let you finish that. That's it, man. And we'll our old buddy, buddy Dessen Thompson, Dessen. checking in on January right. 1st, 2000 from the Washington Post. You know, we're big Dessen right. Thompson fans here, Love AJ. Yeah. Brevity <laughs> never ceases to amaze. He says. Uh, it's a splat. Everything is reduced to a transparent formula, and everyone plays their schematic part. Okay, I I, mean, yeah. I agree with that review. I can't I can't argue against. It. I, I seldom disagree. That. That's that's why we like Dustin Thompson so much. I mean, he's always very concise, mm-hmm. but usually pretty dead on. I mean, uh, it's now take the uh, intellectually challenged part of it out of the movie, and you have an extremely formulaic film. It's, right, it's, it is it's, exactly. It's the, yeah. Okay. But also, too, that's a Gary Marshall film. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. a Gary Marshall film, and and you know, just because something's formulaic, Pretty Woman is connect the dots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But prostitution is like a whole new spin on it. Right. right? It takes the rom com this this formulaic thing and then puts this different spin on it by making one of the mm-hmm. characters a sex worker, right. which is. Kind of, but it also plays with the idea of Richard Gere, kind of like <laughs> I want to save you, right, right, with sort of thing, yeah. and it's just like okay, like she's a sex worker, she's like making a good living. If anything, you're, you know, <laughs> kind of holding her back. I mean, she could take a dick. I mean, <laughs> let her take it. Let her take dick all she wants. But Gary Marshall, we have words for you in the next film that you make about prostitution when you come back to life. That is, yeah, when, when you resurrect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it is a Gary Marshall because, like, even if you look at League, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Penny Marshall did it, but it's yes, very sir. similar. It's very similar style filmmaking. It's did Gary Marshall or Penny Marshall direct League of Their Own? Yeah, it was Penny definitely Marshall. Penny Marshall. It was, yeah, but yeah. it's a very similar formula. 
She, I yeah. mean, yeah, she does. What other, any other reviews that we, what, sorry, go ahead. It's very formulaic. Field of Dreams is formulaic. I'm, yeah. Formula it's syrupy. It's, there's it's a reason why we syrupy. fall back on formula and how saccharine it is. Is that's mm-hmm. that's one thing or another. Is, is there any other reviews we want Let's to touch balance on it out with one more kind of positive review from Bob Fenster of the Arizona Republic, a top critic? The charming innocence in this unusual take on first love and first heartbreak gives the other sister its special quality. All right. So we 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 ordinarily here would talk about the first time that we uh, watched the movie, but we already kind of covered that. Yeah. I will say it's an interesting choice. Like I, I, you know, you're you're. I was like, are you sure when you told me, AJ, I what you sure. wanted to go? With? <laughs> oh. and you I would tell you why I was sure. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell you why I was sure because it. it was something. Because I'll talk about the first time I saw this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I watched this in 1999. Actually, no, it's been more than 15 years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's been like 1999, 2000. I was at my dad's and my stepsisters were watching it. And I remember just like being entranced mm. <laughs> and like going like, what the fuck? <laughs> is, okay. Is <laughs> what? Like, this is insane. Go and, and thinking that, and then, you know, this movie never really left the back mm. of my brain mm. going like, okay. I can't believe <laughs> they made that movie. And as I matured and as I had experience in that field of, of group homes and mm. mm-hmm, I, this movie just always stuck in the back of my head as something that like it had so, I felt I feel like when I remembered it the first time I saw it, I felt like they were making fun of the population. Okay. And I think a lot of people felt that way. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people felt that way. Now is a time where we can talk about the most recent view. Yeah. Yeah. Um it go ahead. I rewatched it last night and I rem- and I thought this is very formulaic. This is very connect the dots. They swung and I think they missed, but they weren't making fun of the subject matter. They okay. tried the best they could to treat it with dignity. Yeah. And I think they meant very well. I think their intentions were good. I think the performances is where it falls flat. Okay. You know, mm. so the, the premise, as, as we said, the premise of the show, the, our podcast, is to, is to take old movies and see if they still hold up. But AJ, I was actually going to save this for the end, but since we've kind of already gotten into it, I'll say it now. Thank you very much for this choice, uh, because I think that I'm as interested, honestly, in taking films that I remember as fantastically bad and seeing if they still hold up as being quite as bad as I remember. I, I might make some kind of off-the-wall choices coming forward uh, <laughs> on the show because it was interesting to go back. and Because, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. You know, when, when you chose this, I was like, oh, yeah. man, what are we getting into? Yeah. I this thought is- that I yeah. – can I be honest? Like, I thought I'm like – I'm not – it wasn't ever like – when I chose that movie, it was just like it's going to be fodder. For like, oh my god, how fucking ridiculous was that? Yeah, but it completely after the viewing last night, completely changed my mind. My <laughs> well, approach. The thing is, man, like I remember '99. I remember exactly when I watched this at a friend of mine's house, and 
This is after I had had to sit through similarly saccharine, syrupy, horseshit like Patch Adams, maybe that same year, like Stepmom, maybe that same year. And this this was a trifecta for me of movies with this serious subject matter that was kind of designated or devolved into this cutesy-wootsy horseshit. And it was upsetting because it was Hollywood turning this subject matter into – popcorn and jujube entertainment and they were not getting it right uh so that i turned it off because yeah granted i'm 19 years old and i'm watching a movie where two mentally disabled people are about to have sex and i say to myself this is irresponsible and uh a part of me just kind of laughed at it because i thought that it was i don't want to say taboo but 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 just something that I, I didn't trust filmmakers to be able to promote successfully. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a, a big kind of stain on this right out of the gate, probably even before it was released. People were probably ready to attack it for reasons I'm not just sure on, were proper. On, on, on just pure principle. I, right, think that, exactly. I think that a lot of us may have had um, maybe not – great expectations for Gary Marshall and the rest of the filmmakers. I don't know why we all would assume that their intentions were bad, like that they would want to make a movie like this to mock people. I don't know why we thought that, but, and I think a lot of people didn't really think that, but just that it came off, you know, that was well-intentioned, but it came off so bad that it was There's no way you're going to have immature dick bags, like 11-year-old AJ, (laughs) not watch that movie and think it, it was the most ridiculous fucking thing they've ever seen. Like, <laughs> yeah. how can that happen? You, you, like, you will never be able, because I think it comes with, once again, put yourselves back in 1999. Put yourself back in the headspace you were. Sure. I was not. You that movie. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you, in the way you thought about that population back yeah. then. Yeah. Versus the evolution of society now and the evolution of us now where we're just like, no, these people are independent. Like, they should be... And that's what the movie's about. Encouraged to be as independent as they can. Now, granted, I think... It, like, it's, I will go back and say, I think it is popcorn. I think it is, yeah. like... I think it is formulaic. I think it's connect the dots. I think the performances were... That was the worst part, were the depictions, because it seemed like they were doing their best impressions of what they think... Yeah. That was the problem. Intellectually disabled people were and behaved. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, I was thinking about the uh, this problem from the studio's perspective hmm. when it came to making this movie. When they greenlit this script and, and attached Gary Marshall to direct, hmm. like, they knew they had to put stars in this feature. They're not going to be able to take... Actually cast intellectually disabled people. These days, yeah, we would probably have a lot more mm-hmm. expectation to cast someone mm-hmm. who's actually mm-hmm. intellectually disabled. But mm-hmm. in those days, that was rarely the thinking. <laughs> you know what really stuck out to me in this? Now, Sarah Paulson is, I don't know what she claims. She's LGBT anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't think she likes the mm-hmm. word lesbian. But she is playing a gay woman. And they're talking frankly about her marriage. and or, or, and, or That was an interesting or, part of the movie. Fascinating. That I wanted to see more of. Yeah, fucking, yeah. And it was and it was handled pretty goddamn well by I any, know. by anyone's standards by any time, the time standards. I thought. I thought. I think even for now. I mean, like 
to, now, see, to me, that was a little too on the nose. Sh- sure. It was like all very a lot of on the nose things. It was all movie. after school special. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but like a lot of the things and I went looking after the fact, after I watched it, like what are what are because I, I you've got a background, AJ, in, in this field. I, I don't. I don't have a lot of experience with this stuff. So I want to know what people thought who had a problem with it, who, who, who you know, were grounded in in that field and most of the people that seem to have problems with it were not people coming from the academic or the, the medical side or people that were actually, you know, have mental disabilities or, or, or around it. Most of the complaints seem to come from people that were just kind of like, and eh, Diane Keaton mm. kept on making fun. It's like, well, yeah, that's the problem. That's the point. Like all of Diane Keaton's character stuff, is supposed to be wrong. Like I read one she, review. She's like, the villain of the right. movie. I read right. one review like, but she keeps on calling them children. Like, yeah, we're supposed to have a problem with the fact that she's calling them children. That's like, right. You're kind of missing the point here. <laughs> That's right. Which Diane Keaton, obviously, like any film she's in, she's keeping that movie afloat. Like fucking a. Oh, Diane Keaton is a national treasure, and she's a master. And even the bad movies she's in, she's fucking great. <laughs> I'll watch everything she did. I watched oh book. I want, uh, one of the movies I didn't mention was Book Club. This cast is insane. Oh, it was Jesus. that I just watched Diane Keaton and uh, Mary Steenburgen and oh, uh, Jane Fonda and uh, 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 Craig T. Nelson and Don oh, Johnson. I'm like, this cast is nuts. But anyways, um, Diane Keaton, as always, holds the fort down because that's what she does in every movie that she's in. She plays Diane Keaton extremely well. Over and over and over again. Outside of Meryl Streep, I think Diane Keaton is the greatest living American actress. Wow. The greatest living American actress. Michelle Williams for me. I love Michelle Williams, but. Michelle Williams is great. I mean, I obviously I think Kate Blanchett's better, but she's a Brit. I think Judy Dench is better. She's a Brit. Right. Um, but I think Diane Keaton is the best living American actress. She's fucking great. I won't argue that. Sally Field's great too. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's great, too. There's so much to unpack. I mean, Travis, you bring up a good point. Like, what was the awareness like in 99 as opposed to today? So I do want to mention the fact that it is Mental Health Health Awareness Month right now uh, here in May. And doing a little research, I was kind of surprised to see that 21% of U.S. adults experience mental illness here in 2020. That's 52 uh, million people, about one in five adults so this is a prevalent thing and i imagine it it was in 99 that's why i am a little surprised to see this kind of casual language tossed about for a film that that takes a chance on this subject matter and um i was also surprised to see 90 percent of people with these specific low iq uh disabilities are living independently uh, or with family, oh, yeah, dude. You'll, whereas you'll just about ten percent are are actually institutionalized. <laughs> and one of the things I like in this this movie early on is that um, Carla's kind of sent back home. I mean, uh, I like the fact that the, it's a kind of a rehabilitation school, and the intention is not just to keep her there and for everyone to, you know, argue with her parents saying like well, you can't take her away. She needs to be here. It's it's kind of a very open, positive thing in terms of how they introduce the issue. The inclusivity. Yeah. They, they try to make like they, they promote inclusivity very much in this movie. And this is there's a, another very fascinating thing about this movie. How many movies have you ever seen where the villain, the villain their crime is that they want to protect their children. Turning red. 
it's not often. Yeah, okay. It's not often though. It's, it's only yeah. because that's such a recent example was I able to think mm-hmm. of that. It doesn't happen hardly ever where like yeah. where the the mother or the like the 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 parent is mm-hmm. someone who's really really well intentioned is the impediment to be dealt right. with. Uh, and, but another... you can really understand it because you can understand like this. The world is a bad place, and especially you know working in that field, you find out that they are this population of people are objectively so the most discriminated against population on the planet. I believe that on the planet. I believe it. And, you know, and another thing that this movie I think does pretty well, I'm going to channel our buddy Luke here um, because I'm going to talk about class. One of the things I really like about the movie is that it, it shows how someone who has is, is has these kind of cognitive disabilities how their background who who is with them how that makes a world of difference for them you have carla who's sent to this special school she's her parents pay for her apartment like like they're they're rich they're able to afford to do that with with her when it comes to danny like his, like his, he's taken care of by his parents too but it's a lot more tenuous it's a lot more um situated on how he does in school and like he, he's like trying to be independent but like he, he doesn't have the same options as as carla because his family doesn't have that kind of money and and also to get to your point like this aj like this is this is true regardless of any uh mental disabilities or whatever like which is one of the things i liked about the movie as well you take all of that mental stuff out of the uh equation and again you have a mother treating their child much like a lot of parents treat their children like infantilizing them in one moment and then expecting them to act like perfect adults the next i mean like it was really actually pretty relatable it was um, and, and that's a thing that this film does well is they punch through the story about the disability and touch upon a, a human element yeah. that we can all identify with. Yeah. And with, and with Carla, you the film's been accused of cliche, but you don't have the scene where she burns the kitchen down because the toaster's left down, whatever. Right. Instead, you get a scene yeah. where a character is. Uh, proving their autonomy or at least sticking up for their own self-motivation, which I didn't expect. She does the thing you don't expect her to do. When, when, when a quote retard that Diane Keaton calls her. Okay. Right. And like I said, that's just what it's 1999. It's, it's the way people referred to those people yeah 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 yeah. your friend like beats you at mortal kombat you call him a retard we remember the 90s we've moved on no it (laughs) was better but she was called that by people in that movie Mm -hmm. yeah and you expect her to stumble and like you said light the kitchen on fire Mm -hmm. kill the fish but she doesn't Mm -hmm. do that she does the thing you don't expect her to do and she thrives yeah she fucking thrives yeah. throughout the whole movie. She's pushing forward, which okay. the director of that school and that she's leaving in the beginning lets like signals that to the audience. Like she always pushes forward. Sorry, Eric. Uh, what you say? I, I can see that, man. But I and I do like that sort of stuff. Um, but it does run the risk of saying that people, even high, uh, high, high functioning, functioning people don't have any problems and that everything's going to be OK. Oh, I think they sure. could have put more consequences into it because even with her and Danny, like how bad does it get? 
it doesn't really do that good of a job of showing the challenges and obstacles that are there. They're overcome fairly easily. They show the what is possible. But I think you see the consequences more so with Danny than you do with Carla. I think, like, he doesn't know how to handle his drinking. For instance, well, right? Uh, when a bartender or, or, is serving a mentally disabled kid uh, like that green shit that's like yeah. a thousand proof. Yeah, he, uh, he, he can't handle it. He can't. It's it's the Danny. You see the, the the consequences of not being able to understand social cues. But I think that also goes back to the, like, and this is beyond class. This this gets also just into like the the family differences between the two of them. You know, she is sent to this school. She's sent away, but her parents they want to do better. They want like you know, her mom is actively thinking out loud to herself like, I want to make it up to her. And and her dad's a recovered alcoholic who knows he did bad and is trying to do better. Whereas Danny's father hangs up on him when he's like literally asking him how he's doing. And Danny has no one to turn to but his fucking landlord to get any sort of advice or a hug there's literally no one in danny's life to help teach him those kinds of social cues and stuff so he's actually he's like, teaching him yeah he's like a father figure right right so i i, I like uh, i agree that a lot of the performance the performances here are problematic but once you can kind of Get, get past, past that, that once you can get past that and get in and let yourself get involved in the story i found myself really empathizing with just about every major character in here, which is, I mean, yeah. for, again, a saccharine kind of movie, that's what they're trying to make you do, but it, it was successful for me. And, and to, and to get back to your point too, I think the, the concern comes from Diane Keaton. Yeah. I think she is a voice that needs to be listened to too. She is not a complete villain because she also knows, just like you said, from the, 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 the point of view, like this can go very, very poorly. And yeah. we need to all know that. And I don't, I'm not calling for a sequel to this movie, <laughs> but after the movie was over, I'm like, I wonder where Carla and Danny are 10, 20 years later. There's kind of a missed opportunity together. there. Like uh, I'm not a huge fan of the graduate. I don't think it's aged that well, but I've seen it many times. Yeah. And one, I think they miss kind of, a huge point of that movie they ape on it heavily especially with the whole uh you know and you got to fight for right. the woman you love and come back and break up the wedding uh at the end of the graduate uh benjamin and, and Catherine ross they they're on the bus they, they realize that they probably were much too spontaneous and made a mistake and their life might not be as happily right after as they thought here. which is why it's so i could use that in this well it's so funny when they when, they, when they, she asked him like oh the graduate does it have a happy ending right he's yeah. like i don't know that no. it makes a sequel <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. they did with Dude. Kevin Costner. Rumor has it. Rumor has that's it. That's right. Yeah. Well, going that's not back, really a sequel. Yeah, it's like a. It's not really. <laughs> it's a revival. Um, yeah. Going back to Diane Keaton, dude. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, you, Travis, you know how I feel about her. I think she overacts. She's obnoxious. Oh, you're not out. a Diane Keaton. I am not a fan. Um, except for early work with Woody Allen. Like, I. So much of the film, yes, it's of this wealthy, affluent family, and. You're, I mean, they send their kid away because I don't know if it's because they're not prepared to deal with it or because they have the uh, resources to just just Both. get rid of the issue. I know. Um, that's but what, when you that's what you did at the time, like there are so many people I took care of who their families upon doctor's advice 
just left them at the hospital after they gave mm. birth. You're right. That was mm. the norm. And she would have been that, put that there like an 85 or so. Family, and, and you, you got to think Diane Keaton, 75. I mean, you know, so you got to imagine that character would be 75 years old today. You know, Carla would probably be 50 now or at least late know, 40s. Yeah. yeah. Something you know, like back that. then it was that that was commonplace. And I'm not saying like people didn't stay home, but that was very common. I mean, mm. and especially if you were affluent, mm. especially yeah. if you were uh, affluent, you know, the That's Kennedys did that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. I still yeah. wait for a really good documentary on Rosemary. Yeah. Um, but listen, man, like. Uh, yes, yeah, you can you can easily vify her until the very end, in my opinion, because someone with with that type of challenge at that young of age in this first love, she does kind of have an, a, a point. Uh, she is trying to protect her daughter from making a, a mistake. And I'd expect this from any uh, mother. mother with someone that young making this big of a decision. Uh, can can we also note that? together collectively danny and carla ruin carolyn's uh uh engagement party Yikes. her wedding and yeah. then the reception I, like graduate yes. times three i had to walk away from the tv i couldn't watch it <laughs> when, when, so when, when giovanni rubisi gets drunk and then goes oh, to the microphone i had to get up and leave oh, i had to get up watch. and leave i'm like yeah. i'm gonna go back in there in five minutes i'm not watching that <laughs> It just Grand made Central. me so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, because because the, the crowd is like with him and like, oh, this is so sweet. Like he's a, that's not how life a, works. And then like, what? What? Actually, I think it was because like, because everyone thinks they're this great person, and then this guy gets up there and he's like professing his love, and, and they're like, tell, oh, you, the, you, you can also tell that he's mentally challenged too, right? So they're on board with him at first, and then they start laughing at him as it goes yeah. on, you know, and then, then they're collectively laughing at him. And you know, for Juliet Lewis. um, when she has those kind of like really upset moments, like, or even better when she like almost does and then doesn't like she's like her face turns all red and then a little like kind of like she actually does some pretty decent stuff here. Uh, did you I catch the moment? Did you catch the moment where she, she was screaming on the golf course and she was really, <laughs> literally so mad that uh, fountains of water spewed from her ears? <laughs> Like the shot was lined up in such a way that the sprinklers were timed perfectly. Oh my god! No, I'm glad I missed that. I would have go back and the hilarious. fuck out of that. That's terrible. The, the one thing um, that I thought was great were it was much. It was very witty. <laughs> yeah, there were very yeah. witty parts. Yeah. Like the, I wonder who invented sex anyway. And then he's just like, "Oh, I think it was Madonna." <laughs> it's, it's like that's a good joke. Yeah, it it's really sweet, is. and it, it dude, it, it it passes the Encino Man factor because. The moments are not, uh, they're circumstantially human, humorous. Yeah. F fish out of water, horseshit, where you're just, and that's the thing. The only times that Carla really gets upset is when people are like laughing at her and not with her. And, and throughout the film, we are laughing with her at, at some exactly. of these situations. Yes. And she wouldn't approve of us laughing for the, at anything that she does that that's is silly or, 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 or dumb. Um, I do, I, Sorry, go ahead. Please, please. Well, I do think there's a couple moments where we were kind of supposed to laugh at Danny, but not because, like, not because of anything to mm -hmm. do with his challenges, but just kind of like the circumstances, like uh, when he puts on the marching band music for them to have sex too. That's clearly a joke, which is <laughs> funny. I mean, that's funny, but we're there. Are, so it's it's a fine line that they have oh, yeah. to walk. 
Uh, yeah. The writer and the director, really. I yeah, stay think, away from I am Sam territory at all yeah, costs. I think there were more setups to laugh at Danny than there were at Carla. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, like the him swinging from the the the, the church. Like it, yeah. that kind of was like, oh man, we we're laughing at Danny. Yeah. Points <laughs> like, and and that's what it doesn't do well. But like the the lines, like when I thought the funniest part of the movie, we're going back to the golf course was when she's yelling at Diane Keaton. She's like, this wedding's horrible. I hate everything about it. She was like, I kind of like it. I'm going to keep it. I think. That was great. Like, that was a great line. And it yeah, was well was written and it was funny. I also really liked when they're discussing, like, how to go about having sex. Like, they they approach it so academically. They're, like, breaking out the joy of sex. And Giovanni Rubisi was like, well, if, uh, if I remember correctly, I believe on page 46, there's something that looks particularly tantalizing. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Oh, then, and then he, like, goes in the, in the bedroom. He's like, ready? Are you ready? And it's just, and it's just I mean, like, again, like, completely relatable. He's a 19-year-old, like, 20-year-old kid about to have sex for, like, the like the first time. And he's, like, so excited about it. But but when she tells him no, he's just like, okay, we'll wait until Thanksgiving. We'll get good and stuffed, then fuck. That's how you do it. Um, but, you know, mm. one of the things I loved about this movie was this really honest communication that Danny and uh, Carla have mm. with each other. Like, they don't frequently tell each other, I, I didn't want you to think that I was stupid or I was scared of this or that. And I'm scared of your family. Like, it's just so open and honest. And it's like, well, damn, like any couple could take a lesson from that. Yeah. You looked like you had something you were like thinking about and like stewing on, Eric. Yeah, Eric. I always look like that. That's my general demeanor. Oh yeah, no, but um, you had something like, ooh, and you know I was what? Like, ooh, he's got. I don't know if I want to bring it up because one part of me does have kind of an issue with the Danny character in that it seems his quest throughout the film is maybe just to eventually make love to Carla. They don't really do much in terms of building this relationship in terms of a legitimate romance and pe two people falling in love, or maybe not enough for me. Like the vending machine at the Greyhound station is sweet, but for like 30 minutes, it's all about just consummating this relationship, and he just kind of comes off like a sex-hungry kid for the most but part. He is. I mean, like a 20-year-old kid, and... I think the movie more than anything, more than even being about uh, like intellectually challenged people, it's about young people finding their independence. And, and there's a lot, that's like what's happening. Like they're, they're getting into their first apartments. They're getting into their first real relationships. They're trying to figure out how to prop. Like it, it's, it's kind of a humorous moment, but it, it's instructive or it makes sense when she's like, my body's telling me we need to do more than kiss. Like that's, <laughs> that's normal babe it's cool like that's what that's the, you're a young adult so it's like they're all like trying to figure out how to be you know a, a young adult and and yeah i agree that that's partly what's motivating him but it's very that's understandable and realistic and he's extremely i think genuinely the character like loves her going back to that reviewer man it is first and foremost kind of a movie about first love and i think that's where the screenwriters who have been demonized for this for so many years, I think that's kind of where they got it right because it's, it, you know, it's not about one, one of the characters trying to either convince or support the other, just being able to function. It's about uh, two people trying to be independent and um, go out on their own, uh, which is a great message for any romance. 
I did not think that this is the way the other sister conversation was <laughs> I did not think it. Surprising. And, and, <sighs> Dude, what? you told us this like a month ago, and for like a month I dreaded this night. <laughs> but I, I watched it last night, and you guys watched it, and you were just like, you know what? I think this is going to be good. I, I think this is going to be a good conversation. I, I texted Eric, uh, like, what if it's a good movie before we start, before we both sat down to watch it separately? I, I mean, I've, you know, we haven't gotten into revealing our, um, you know, final verdict here, whether or not it does it hold up. But I, I will say it surprised me. It surprised I could me. watch Tom Skerritt read the phone book and Thank he you. does, he does turn in a relaxed, warm performance here. I'm tantalized in the beginning with the possibility of this alcohol problem. Uh, developing that, especially when she's re regurgitated into uh, adult life and with this domineering mother, could have been an interesting angle. It's kind of abandoned, and he's just a support system. I needed a little more from this father character. Maybe a little more, but, I mean, it's a big family, and we're trying to balance her relationship with each of these family members and her new relationship with with this with Danny. So I, I agree. I could always use more Scarrett and and I wish that he was doing more like leading work, just generally speaking, because I think that he's really good. But getting into one other thing. My laptop battery's low. <laughs> okay. Oh, All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up a little early, maybe. Yeah, I would have to I would have to go upstairs and get my charger. I don't know if that would be aesthetically pleasing for the viewers, but I could stay longer. Well, if you want to go ahead and run and grab it real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me go run and grab it. Run and grab it. You can look at this kind of vamp for a second. Um, does this or does this not, though, have a fucking awful soundtrack? The classic bouncy over obnoxious, cloyingly saccharine score is unbearable. Well, that's Rachel Portman. I mean, what are you? I mean, like, I'm sorry, but she's not my favorite. <sighs> but I'm talking about the soundtrack. We got fine young cannibals oh. in here. <laughs> I think the soup dragons are <laughs> whoa, Jesus whoa, whoa, Jones. Dude, I, I love fine young cannibals, but she drives me crazy. Of You're going to be that songs. on the nose. <laughs> right. Come on. Dude. I mean, it's, it's just like a barrage of really bad, like songs from that era. But, you know, we mentioned Rachel Portman. When the movie started, and I'm like looking at the credits. I was like, well, oh, Rachel Portman. You know, like I'm like looking at, oh, Gary, you know, Gary Marshall. Right. Oh, Dante Spinotti, the, <laughs> Dante the Spinotti. literally the best cinematographer out there. Now, Gary Marshall doesn't use him properly, flattens everything out, especially yeah. the lighting. But, man, like, I mean, th this going in to make this movie, they had, uh, they were confident. They had this mm -hmm. really good crew of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. for, you know, so. Yep. Yeah, it's they were, rich. They, were, they, were, they swung for it. AJ, like you said, you know, they were definitely trying here. They were they, swinging for it. The here. intentions were good. Yeah. The intentions were good here, um, which is something that I – and back then I knew they were too. I guess it was just a young version of me going like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly, AJ. Like, thinking back, I, I, I remember kind of wondering, like, do they seriously think that we need to be like we, we need to be made aware that uh, even mentally challenged people can live ha happy, independent lives and get involved in romantic relationships? I do we, we need do a need movie to... to tell us this? I think we do. Uh, <laughs> fuck. I mean, that's a problem. Are yeah. there many other movies that I mean, think of the other movies that, from this at all, even that that feature characters 
with these kinds of, of disabilities. Oh, yeah. What? Sure. Like, there's something about Mary. Remember her brother? Like, I mean, like that's shit, cringy. That is, that awful. is a direct. Yep. We're making fun of mentally yeah. challenged people. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that was like the most popular films from that time and, and broadly accepted and normal. And you surprised me, Eric, when you said Molly came out the same year, because like <laughs> yeah. what Dominic and Eugene, yeah, uh, I yeah. am Sam. Sure. I, well, I feel like we can sit here and your... name. You have almost your, every movie that, that has these kinds of people as the main characters. You have your Gilbert Grapes and you've right. got your Sling Blade, you know, for what it is, for what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, you, you you have capability there, but for the most part, they are plot devices uh, right. as characters. And that's a huge problem. I think that I've read that some people's review on The Other Sister where that they said something similar here, that like it was all the problems were based around their issues. But I, I, I think that some of them do, but it's really more the other people's reactions to those disabilities. To, the, like to her mother. these people yeah. seeking what we're all seeking. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. what everybody who is alive is trying to do. And that is to function in a society to the best of your ability. And the chief problem that Diane Keaton has here is I think she regards Carla as guilty until proven innocent. Like she can't do it until you prove that you can. Mm -hmm. but that's not how you treat other kids. You know what I'm saying? That's not how you treat other people is you go out into the world and you fail. And now I got to watch you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't yeah. let her breathe. She doesn't let her she grow. Smothers. Right. She smothers. She's just like, no, you can't do it because you are this way. Instead of like, okay, let's see what you can do. And then if you slip up and you fail, we're gonna. I mean, the fact that in in that she's a she's a bright person. The fact that she hitchhiked two hundred miles and got back to <laughs> didn't get kidnapped and or end up dead. Shows you this this woman can live in the world. Seriously, <laughs> like, like getting 200 miles without being able to drive. Like, what? <laughs> Pretty impressive. It's insane. I mean, Forrest Gump ran across the, the United States. This yeah. is true. Twice. This is true. Back. Yeah. Back and forth. Now, now that you mentioned it. Well, what do you think, guys? So let's let's make our let's make our rounds, make our, make our final cases. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we make our final verdict here? Who do you want to start with? I mean, I think I've covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. Uh, tids and bits. I wanted to mention tids and tid, bits. Yeah, tids would you eat bits. that? Would you eat tids and bits? I would not. Okay. Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll go ahead and go first, unless uh, one of you <laughs> wants to. I don't Please. care. Um. So yeah, as as I said, I'd not seen this since it came out. I had a really low opinion of it when it did come out. I I put this in the category of films like The Happening, The Pest, yeah. The Room. You know, these are like like movies that are famously bad. Yeah. And when you chose it, um, AJ, I would, like I said, I was pretty nervous that it was going to not just that it was going to be bad, but that it was going to be like a shit show, basically, <laughs> to talk about. Um, and then I started watching the movie. And, and as I mentioned, some of the like, people like Dante Spinati's name and Rachel Portman's name came up. And I was like, OK, this is interesting. This is this is interesting. And. What really got me is when, you know, early on in the film, there's this sequence where they talk about how she's trying, how Carla's character as a kid is trying to eat peas off a knife. And then she gets back from the, um, 
from the school and it shows her eating peas properly with a fork. And then she looks around the table to see if anyone notices and no one did. And I'm like, Oh shit, this movie's mm. going to be good. It holds up for me. I was impressed by the other sister. Is it formulaic? Sure. Is it uh sappy? Is it, is it problematic in some ways that are probably beyond me? And, but yes, but you know, uh, and expectations are a hell of a thing, right? I mean, like, if my expectations had been high for yeah. this, like, oh, I remember this was a great movie. I don't know how I'd feel. That's one of the fun things but about it. you remember that it back. was a bad movie. But I remember it was a bad movie. And you got surprised. And I was pleasantly surprised. So I will say that to my shock and pleasure, the other sister holds up. I mean, not it's not fucking great, <laughs> but if you watched it and you've not seen it in a long time because you think it's a joke, Joke's on you, bud. It's not. It's actually a decent film. <laughs> Damn. Uh, AJ, I'll give you the last word. Um, I, I, I do feel quite a bit like the Diane Keaton character going into this movie. And that's that's a character that's whole persona is based on expectancy, especially within her social status. Wow. I expected a good writer. I, I expected There's a good to... writer. That's how I would open up a film essay. That's oh, really thank, good. Thank you, AJ. That's uh, very I, good. I, I expected the movie to to disappoint me. Um and I it's 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 choices like these to piggyback on Travis, AJ, that make me excited to to come to the show every week because you can't rest on your laurels. And if you consider yourself a movie fan, you got to walk into any film with an open mind, even one that you thought was a, a, a true God, you know, honest to God turd. Uh, I like the film, man. Um, it, it, it's got so much to say beyond the fact that we're dealing with mentally challenged people. We're This is a love story about people that have motivation morals and they're not just regurgitated precepts from their parents and that's all you saw in, in the 90s and early 2000s if anything they're def, they're kind of defying their elders and that's refreshing with characters like this uh it's a credit to the writing i think the performances are strong um it's an absolutely well-intentioned picture as you said aj a bit clumsily executed but a, with a movie of this subject matter it's hard. It's hard Bill to hit. cooks in this kitchen, man. Uh, there's no getting around that at all. Um, so, yeah, um, I dug the film. Do I think that it's kind of an issue to have two hours of Diane Keaton completely disagreeing with everything this woman <laughs> is doing? And then, like, there's not even a scene where she decides that, like, yeah, oh, maybe was I was nothing. wrong. I will go to the wedding. Nothing. That's nothing. a problem. But overall, man, this is a sweet picture. And it, uh, it's got a lot to say that I enjoyed. I, I think it holds up. I can't believe I'm saying it. All right. Dude, I think the three of us are all in a spot right now where we, two weeks ago, when, so when I picked this movie, it was not my intention to come on here and make fun of it. Troll us. <laughs> Thank God. It was not, it was not my intention. No, it was not my intention to troll. It's what I thought. Not, Admittedly, it, it crossed my mind that there's no, some trolling. No, no, no. It's, it's not me. And you, you've seen the show. I'm on. Yeah, I'm very yeah. direct. And I'm very you precise. Are. If I don't like something, if I didn't want to do this show, I wouldn't have done it. Um, I picked it because I wanted a challenge. I'm like, I wanted to talk about something challenging. And I wanted to see, and I want to go back and revisit this movie 
And I wanted to see, like, what was the aim here? Like, this movie exists. Like, this movie was made, and it's out there. And it's been made by a, a cultural touchstone in Gary Marshall. And, you know, like, so let's 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 rewatch this thing. Let's revisit this. This gave me a reason to do that, which I don't think I ever would have done that. You know what I mean? So yeah. when we said, when you said, hey, come on the pod, I'm just like, well, pick a movie. I'm like... I would pick the other sister because I, <laughs> that was the reason. Wild card. It, yeah, it was, it was because I, I worked in the field. Mind blowing. Um, And like I said, and I, I think, and I think I even said this when I picked it initially, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with such good intentions miss so poorly. Mm-hmm. And when I said that I was wrong because I think, they took a swing. I think they missed, but it was a good cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good cut. It, there are good misses. There are bad misses. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's imperfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you guys, you guys are baseball. You you guys are up in, uh, in, in, in Detroit, right? Mike's the baseball guy. We, 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 we can spell sports. baseball. Oh, well, you guys have, have a pretty good guy named Mickey Cabrera. We've there. heard of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's one of the best to ever do I've it. I mean, him. even when he swings and misses, it's a good swing. Right. Right. And, and, and this was this was a good swing. It just, so it holds just, up. Yeah, you gotta it, say the it words. Holds. It holds up. All right, it holds up. That's wow. three motherfucking. It holds up for the other. For the you other know sister. what? No, no. You know what? I will say. I'm not gonna say it holds up. I say Duh. it. It exceeds expectations. <laughs> okay. Which because if I said it. if it holds up, it it would mean that it was just as bad as it yeah. was in 1999. And I, I watch saying. it now with a fresh pair of eyes with a matured brain as an yeah. adult. And I'm like, I see what they're doing. Difference. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I, I'm truly thankful that you picked the movie and I'm truly yeah. thankful that you came no, on the show, man. We, we really, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you so, are thanks, awesome. I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back. Yeah, and we will great. have you back. We'll have you back. Cool. Absolutely. We'll have you back when Mike's on so you get the full Cinema 9 experience. For sure. I, I know that he wanted to be here. Um, but man, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, great call. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Maybe I'll pick another movie that you guys will be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I hope you Glitter. do, man. <laughs> you just come on with the bar for... <laughs> Wait, what movie? Geely. Geely. The Geely. Famous no, theme. I'm gonna pick Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Steel. <laughs> That's what I think. We'll pick. get lo- lightning's not gonna strike twice. No, lightning will not strike. That movie's a piece of shit. Like, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. So, so this is the part of the podcast where uh, we go back into our regular rotation, and I will announce what I have chosen for our next viewing. I am, as always, wanting to drastically shift gears from wherever we were just okay. at. And as always, I'm trying to get us out of the 1990s because there's many other decades <laughs> of film. And we often, I'm, again, I'm glad you picked the movie, but we, off, we often stay in the 1990s. I'm bringing yeah. us up to... Uh, depending on how which site you go to, I'm bringing us to either 2015 or 2016. But either wow. way, it is a legitimate. Um, you know, it's been five years since it came out, and it is, I believe, other than First Reformed, which we did for special occasion. What or, a great uh, movie! Oh, incredible, the best, the best movie. So good. That's amazing. That's why we. That's why we did it for our one year anniversary episode. I saw that in theaters. Oh, lucky incredible. you. Incredible. Um, but this will be our most recent film. I thought it would be fun to go back and look at, since the man has another period piece in theaters right now, I want to go back to Robert Eggers' The Witch. 
dude. The Vovich. The Vovich. The Vovich. I do. I just wrote a joke about Black Phillip the other day. I'm unbelievable. I'm excited. I almost picked. It's, I'll show you the the uh, my notes. It was either Boiler Room or The Witch. Last time I had to pick. No shit. My mind is blown. I'm so excited. That's so funny. Well, we're doing yeah. The Witch. Yeah, I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> it's gonna be an awesome I'm show. To watch it, guys. I'm excited to watch it again too. I think I'll probably try and catch The Northman in uh, theaters this week awesome. too, if I can. If I can, no promises, folks. Oh man, well, man, AJ, that was awesome, dude. Thanks for bringing a, uh, your insight and Thank letting you. us get to know a little bit about more more about you. So let us know where we can see you online and all that fun stuff. Well, you can follow me at AJ DeCosimo on Twitter. Um, like I said, I'm a not a regular, but I am a New Yorker contributor. You can mm-hmm. read my stuff uh, with the New Yorker. I wrote for Mad Magazine for a while. Oh. You can cool. find my stuff there and look for me on movie web. I have Sweet. two um, pieces coming out uh, relatively soon. One is the best performances by actors who weren't actually actors. Mm, that sounds awesome. Oh man. Yeah. I hope and, you looked at the Joe for that. Yeah. And uh, the other one is why sideways deserves another look. Oh dude, dude. Nice. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, and, and also again, fo- he's AJ's pretty active on Twitter, so follow him there. Uh, if you're if you're still using Twitter, some of us kind of lately feel like it's got a stink on it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to raise 45 billion. So <laughs> I hope you can, my friend. Yeah, we'll we will see. definitely have you back, AJ. Thank Thanks, you again man. so much. I'm really for, excited. For coming Hit me on. up anytime. Hit me awesome, up anytime. Man. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, 76 trombones in the big parade. That's all I have to say about that. Take care, folks.